Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing. And God, I just thank you for your presence. And I just thank you that we get to be the redeemed. And I thank you that you have set us free from our old ways, our old past. And now we have new life in you. And I thank you that you are our present tense God right now. And you're not just the past and you're not just the future, just right now, you're everything to us. And so we pray that you would uh, open up your word to us. God, I just thank you for this family and I thank you for what you're doing here. We love you, we honor you, and everybody said amen. Amen. I want you to remember today uh, your worst day. Maybe you can't think of one, but a day that it seemed like was awful. I mean, a day that seemed like things were falling apart. It was the person that betrayed you. It was the day that you got fired. It was the day that somebody let you down. It was the day you found out about the sickness, whatever it might be. But imagine one of your worst days. Maybe you can't think of just one. Maybe you're like, I got five, you know, but I want you to think about that moment, a day that you just thought, this, this is rough. This is hard. As we go into John 8, this is undoubtedly that day for this lady. And so I want to read out of the text. And I want you to just imagine this lady who has, starts at least, with her worst day. Let's read together. John chapter 8. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple court, speaking of Jesus, where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone her, such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were using these questions as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning questioning him, he said, he straightened up and said to them, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left. And with the woman still standing there, Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she says, no one, sir, she said. And then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. So surely you can imagine this moment where this woman is not only embarrassed, and certainly she's embarrassed. I mean, in the text, this is kind of a, this is a graphic scene where we suddenly have a moment where these Pharisees who are simply trying to trick Jesus, I mean, that's really what it's about Most of them were not necessarily trying to go find every person committing adultery. You've got in this moment, these Pharisees, that their goal, according to the text, is they want to trap Jesus. And Jesus is in the scenario where if he says, yeah, go ahead, put her to death, then his reputation as the friend of sinners, the one filled with love and mercy, is in question. And on the other side, if, if undoubtedly, if he says, and not only that, but he'd be in trouble with Rome because he, as a Jew, wasn't allowed to be a part of capital punishment. They, that was for the Romans to do. And so Jesus was trapped. Jesus was right there in that moment. And if he says, let her go, yeah, just she's on her way. 
Well, then they'd accuse him of not caring about Moses' law, the Mosaic law. They, they would say, hey, you don't really care about the law and the prophets. And, and that's what their aim is. Their goal is to trap Jesus. And so they're using this woman for their own end to trap Jesus. But I just want you to put yourself in the position of this lady who, she's, she's in her darkest moment. We don't have her name. We don't, we don't know many details about her life. But she's in this scenario where the text says she's caught in the act of adultery. And so I just want you to picture not only the embarrassment, but also the shame. Not only the shame, but the humiliation. Jesus right now, he's, he's a big deal. He's the teacher. He's the one that is known to even provide free food for people, doing miracles for people and healing people. And he is this great teacher that people are following. And so surely he's at the top of the list of religious leaders in the moment where people know who he is. And so here's this lady that's thrown at his feet. And not only is, is it in front of a respected person, this guy, Jesus, but he's also, he's, it's, it's this humiliating fact that she's breaking the law and committing adultery and not only that, but she's surely scared for her life. I mean, the story of them picking up stones was not a sweet story. It's not, she doesn't know how this ends. We, in hindsight, are able to go, and we know the story that Jesus says, him who is without fault or sin, throw the first stone. But she doesn't know that. All that she knows is that she is now probably in the dirt and probably drug out. In fact, some commentators that I read this week thought, hey, she, she quite possibly have, could even been had her hands tied up. I mean, we don't know what it looked like, but somehow, I mean, they're, they're, they're humiliating. And I mean, this, this poor lady is, she's thrown at the feet of Jesus. And when I picture it, I, I kind of imagine her, I mean, if I had people around me and they were about to throw rocks to kill me, I, I think I would be hovered up. I think I would be like protecting my face, it's quite possible that maybe she was thinking, go ahead and just, just throw the rock. Just get it over with. Just, just, I just want this to end. And we don't know exactly all that's going on for her, but surely this is her worst day. Surely she's humiliated. Surely she's afraid of actual physical pain. And, and in the story, we've got this great God incarnate, Jesus, the one that you and I have said, hey, you're my Lord and my Savior, and I have decided that I will follow you. And he, in a moment where it's just a reaction because it's, it, he's got to respond in this quick moment. And so he possesses this, he's God, he's, I mean, so we, we see that about Jesus, he's got this incredible wisdom. And in this reaction, in this moment, I want you to see the heart of your Savior, I want you to see today, I just want you to fall more in love with Jesus. You've decided to follow him, and our goal is just to, just to put him in front of our eyes and have this not be old religion or old news, but fresh in the present tense where now we're going, Jesus, he's, he's worth it. He's worth following. He's, he's awesome. Because Jesus possesses mercy in this moment that I think is mind-boggling. Because in this moment, not only does he show mercy to this lady, but, but he baffles these Pharisees, and he actually turns it on them. And so you know the story. You've probably heard it before. It's a famous text. If not, we just read it because here Jesus, 
He starts doodling in the dust. And of course, all these different people have different ideas on what that is. The truth is we don't know. Um, we have no idea. The text doesn't tell us what he was doodling in the dust. But he's doodling or writing or maybe he's writing. I mean, people say maybe he's writing the Ten Commandments. Some say maybe he's writing the names of some of the Pharisees throwing the rock. I mean, there's all kinds of ideas. But Jesus says this moment, in this moment where he goes, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And Jesus says, you who's perfect. The crazy thing is that according to Jesus' phrase, the only one who could throw the stone was him. Like, if anyone was perfect, it was him. And so the holy one, the perfect one, the one who had not committed any sin, looks at people that have and says, those of you who are without sin, cast the first stone. And of course, the text says that the oldest ones first begin to drop the rock, to begin to drop the stones and walk away. In this, we find Jesus. And I want you today, as we go into a prayer moment at the conclusion of the message, to just be refreshed by the mercy of Jesus. The mercy that is not just true then, but true today. Because Jesus, in this moment, possesses an uncommon compassion and kindness and, and grace. And Jesus, he's not condemning. He's just, he, he, he looks at this moment and Jesus decides right here. He looks at this woman. He says, where are your accusers? Where are those that condemn you? And in the moment, he says, neither do I condemn you which we know to be true about who he is. All of us know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, right? We know, but verse 17, verse 17 is actually the phrase, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And so Jesus here is fulfilling this very purpose. He's saying, I didn't come to condemn the world, I came to save it. And he looks at this lady and he says, I don't condemn you. And he says it to us today. It's, it's the story that's hard to believe on a daily basis, but is always true on a daily basis. Because the rocks continue to be picked up by Pharisees around us, and our temptation is to just give up. Just say, you know what? I do have people that accuse me. I do have people that say things. I do have people that hurt me. I have, there's religious people around. And you know what? Maybe they're right, maybe I, sh maybe, I, maybe I am not strong enough, maybe the work of God in my life is not real, maybe I'm too broken, maybe I've sinned too much, and to just give up. My prayer is that today we would have this fresh idea of who Jesus is so that we would be willing to not allow the Pharisees who want to kill you surpass Jesus, who wants to save you. I want you to just have this fresh realization that, it's the way Paul says it in Romans 8, 1, where he says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore there is now no condemnation. Wait, that's my story. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Woo! All right. My dad, uh, he... 
he tells the story of when he was eight years old. And my dad grew up in a little tiny Nazarene church in Butte, Montana. And um, he always tells the stories about how hard life was. And so, you know, it's hard to live in Butte, Montana. And it's the, it's the story of how it's always freezing and how life's hard. And my whole childhood, I always heard about how great my life was compared to his childhood. And, and so he, he, you know, it's, it's walked to school uphill in the snow both ways, those kinds of stories, you know, like it's so hard. And he, he tells the story about one, one uh, Sunday, he, he hated going to church. And so he said, you know, preachers are the most boring people on the planet. And so I hope that's not true, but he, he talked about how much he hated church and he had to sit through church every Sunday. And, and so I don't know exactly what his church was like. I've never been there, but he, he talks about how the preacher was so boring. And every week, every single Sunday, he got beat on Monday morning for his behavior during church on Sunday because his mom believed that it was work to spank him. So she spanked him on Monday. Um, and so... He hated Sabbath because he was just stirring up spankings on Monday. And so that's his childhood. That's, and so he, so he had fear of church. It was scary. It was, and, and so he tells a story about how one of the things that he had was he had a collection of marbles. And so he would bring out his collection of marbles at church on Sundays. At one Sunday, he got out a hymnal. Now, you guys don't know what hymnals are, maybe. I mean, some of you do. Some of you my age, you know what hymnals are. And, and, and so he, would, he got out the hymnal, and he, they didn't have, you know, cool John Egan up here. He, they, they had hymnals and sang songs, had a song leader. We don't have song leaders. You know, we have whatever. It's a different day. So, and he got, they'd get out the hymnal, and they would sing. They'd sing these songs. They'd sing these hymns, and he decided to get out the hymnal and put his marbles in the hymnal so that he could look at his marbles so that he could not get in trouble by dad or mom or the preacher. And the other thing is, so my parent, my grandparents had my dad in their forties. And so he was kind of like an only child because the other kids were gone and grown. And so, you know, they were basically now, you know, in their early fifties, just trying to keep their eight-year-old quiet. And, and so my dad tells the story about his dad on one side, his mom on the other side, and he got out his marbles to try to entertain himself. And he put them right in the just right where the book opens up. And, and then he wanted to look at more marbles and it's got a wood floor slanted at the end is, is yeah, you know where this is going. It's got altars that are wooden as well. And so it's a church with no microphone. It's just small church with a screaming preacher. And he reaches into his pocket to get more marbles. And when he does, the hymnal goes down and just bam, 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 bam. All the marbles. And then they roll. And then they hit the front of the altar. Which that's an embarrassing moment for a kid. Kind of like having your watch go off. Anyway, for those of you here last week. But the worst part was that at that moment, the preacher stopped preaching leaned over the pulpit and just stared at him. Like this. And then the organist, which we don't have organists, but in Butte, Montana in the 1920s or whenever he was a kid, I don't know, probably not, 50s, 60s, 1945, early 50s. Uh, 
you know, they, 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 they had the organist, and the organist just stares right at him. And my dad says, he's eight years old, and he looks up, and the whole church is just glaring at him. But he tells the story about how he looked up, and there's one guy that was just looking straight ahead at the preacher and glared right back at the preacher with a scowl. And he looked over, and he could feel, he could feel just this hand just touching his shoulder, just patting him like this. And he looked up, and he followed the arm around and looked over and saw his dad, my grandpa, who's 5'3". I'm three inches taller than that guy. We will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word. Anyway. Sorry. He, he looks up at his, his dad, and, and his dad is looking straight at the preacher. and He's got his arm right here, refuses to look at his boy, and just kind of scowling back at the preacher. And My dad tells the story of, in that moment, knowing my dad's not condemning me. And you know what? Everybody else in the whole church house is staring me down. But, but there's one who's looking back at the preacher and saying, you know what? This is, this is my boy. This is my boy. And even in the midst of this broken moment where he dropped his marbles and interrupted church, you know what, son? I love you even in the midst of this moment. And Jesus right here, we have a story that we can look at our own lives and go, in the midst of whatever you face this week, in the midst of whatever you're working through right now, it's not just yesteryear's story. It's a present tense reality of, of Jesus who refuses to condemn you. And I just want to encourage you, you know, for me, I'm, I've worked most of my life in church and how many times I've sat with people and the reason why, when you get down to their core, why they've decided to walk away or the anger or the angst is the Pharisee or the church people that hurt them. And there's, it's almost always the conversation of the person who threw the rock at them, the person who said, you know what, you're not, you're not cutting it. And I just want to encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and not allow any of the Pharisees, any of the other people, whether they meant to or not, to be the determining factor in your walk with Jesus. Let Jesus be the determining factor in your walk with Jesus. I was sitting with a 20-something this week, one of my dear friends, and he said this phrase that was awesome. He talked about how he began to wonder about, as he looked toward his future and church being people that had hurt him and kind of had angst, but he said this phrase, which I just loved. He said, I began to have issues with the church he said, but I, I could never walk away because I couldn't leave Jesus. Because I just couldn't leave Jesus. Because Jesus, because Jesus is so perfect. Because Jesus has mercy. Because Jesus is grace. Because Jesus is kind. And I just want to tell you in your journey, man, over the next 20, 30 years, as you go through this journey, there's going to be days where it feels like you've got comrades and you've got a friend that flies into town and says, hey, I love David and he's awesome. And, that's, and those days you're like, yeah, what's up? What's up? I like this day. And there's going to be other days where church people, where people in their own 
wrestling in their own anger or their own pain, and they go and they throw you in front of Jesus, and they're ready to stone you, and they're ready to throw the rock, and I just hope and pray that you will have this revelation of who Jesus is, apart from the people around, that you just go, you know what, no matter what happens around Jesus, Jesus doesn't fail me, and I'm not leaving Jesus, I'm not walking away. And my hope is in this series that we just week after week fix our eyes on these moments where Jesus possesses such incredible mercy, such incredible a lifestyle that we could just go, if God is like that, because you want to know what God is like, look at the face of Jesus. And if God is like that, then I can follow him. If he really is that loving, if he really is that merciful, if he really is that kind, if he really does... Look at this broken lady who is broken. She did break the law. She is guilty. And yet the gospel, the good news, the story is that Jesus, I mean, I just imagine looking right in the eyes. Hey, where are your condemners? Hey, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hey, for I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. And Jesus locks eyes with her. And it's really what we named this church after. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. So you don't have to in this moment look away and put your head down. I want you to look right at me because those who look to me are changed forever. And they're not defined by their past. They're defined by me. We live in a world where everybody wants to define you by your past. Oh, where did you go to school? Oh, what friends do you have? Oh, where do you live? Oh, how much money do you make? Oh. But Jesus doesn't define her by her adultery. Jesus sees who she is and says, you look at me, I'll give you a brighter tomorrow and your future won't look like your past. And it's like the internet, you know, the internet, it's unforgiving. <laughs> everything you do, not everything, but a lot of things you do, it's, it's recorded. Like you can go and you can find me giving really silly illustrations in 2004 online and they just don't go away. It's permanent. Like, I don't know who put that stuff up there, but I'm like, oh man, <laughs> it's up forever. Right? I mean, there's stories, there's pictures of, I go on there and there's pictures of me like, I mean, just, just, it's like, man, can we get rid of that? But no, it's, it's there. And it's me singing this little light of mine. And it's, I'm just like, that's not my best. <laughs> like, I can do better. I don't know who got out their iPhone and put that online, but I can, I can <laughs> the internet, <laughs> it won't wipe free your past, but Jesus does. And Jesus he looks at her and he's filled with mercy and kindness and he sets her free. And my prayer, my prayer for us is that we would allow the marvel of the God who gave us what we didn't deserve, the undeserved kindness, the unmerited favor, the grace, the mercy, the mercy of God. I mean, that is undeserved and that it would move you again today. That it would just... Because there will be people, as you walk in freedom, as you walk in the freedom of Christ, there will be people that throw stones. There will be people that are angry. 
I, when I was in seminary, I, uh, I had a class that, I, it was a three-day module, so I had to go for three straight days, and then there was a final, and I, 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 now, all in all, like, I mean, I ended up with like a 3.6 GPA, so I was like not the 4.0, but I wasn't like the slacker either. I'm just telling you that, because what I'm about to tell you, you're going to think, oh, my pastor's a slacker. So, I, I, but, but I got, I finished the three-day module, and then we had to take this final, and I, I just, I just, I'd never done this before, but I just was like, I don't have time. I was busy. I was doing all kinds of ministry stuff, and I just decided, you know what, I'm just, I don't even know if I want to finish this seminary thing. I mean, and I just had that in my head, and, and so truth confession here, I didn't even go. Wow, what? Yeah, irresponsible. Yeah, I won't preach on that responsibility for another couple of years after this illustration, but I... I just, I just straight up, like, I just didn't go. Like, I just was like, I, I'm, I'm not going to the final. I know I'm going to get a, a, an F and the wasted time, wasted money. But the, I, 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 it was some ministry stuff I had on my plate. And I decided that that ministry stuff was more important than that, that class. And I didn't know how it affect me. So I just decided not to go. And, uh, and, and then, and then I, I, uh, I got my report card in the mail. And I looked at the report card, and I remember this moment so well, because I was outside, and I knew, I just, it was like I opened it up when I was outside, because I just, it's just, it's just one of those things, like, ooh, like, this is going to sting, you know, I know this is going to hurt, and so I opened up outside, opened up the letter, there's my report card, and it says, B, <laughs> and I thought, what's up now? So I went, no one respects my education anymore. But I was like, this guy ain't educated, I promise you that. I walked into the offices where some of my friends went to the same school, and I was like, ah, <laughs> B. And they were like, I hate you. I hate everything about you. They were throwing rocks at me. Yeah, some of them were on the front row. I mean, they were so angry but I was like call it what you want unmerited favor baby I got I did not deserve this but I got it I love that professor that professor became my favorite professor that you still don't like me I'm trying to preach about mercy here but <laughs> it was just for me it was like whoo don't deserve it and I'm telling you in this as we look at our story and we look at it's, it's crazy. As crazy as it sounds to go, you don't deserve, we don't deserve the kindness that Jesus has given us. And right here, you've got this lady who changed forever. And my prayer is that that would happen to us, that then when, when Jesus sets her free from the past, and then Jesus, he doesn't end there, but he looks and he says, okay, because of the mercy of God, he says, this is a great phrase. It's not using the mercy of God as a license for sin. But instead he says, now go and leave your life of sin. Go, let this moment, let it change you. And he's futuristic. And he looks towards the future and he goes, be a different person. Go and leave your life of sin. So for many of us, as we wrestle with the fact that God is filled with mercy, that Jesus has mercy for us, Sometimes it's easy for us to kind of think, well, maybe I love sin more than I love 
Jesus, and I'll just test his mercy again. But the one who's moved by God, like the mercy that changes you forever, is not motivated by mercy to continue sinning, but to stop sinning. Because the mercy of Jesus is so real. I want, man, I want to go and sin no more. I want to walk in the fullness of what he has for me. And that's my prayer for us, is that we would say, okay, he changed me. He touched me. He's moved me. And so I choose a life of going sin no more. Not perfection, but aiming for wholeness and fullness and holiness and all that God has. And I just want to conclude with this. I want you to just think about what that looks like in your daily life. And my prayer is that you would just see the mercy that's new every day. Like every day. That's what it says in Lamentations. Let me read it. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Ever. So the mercy that Jesus possesses right there, he possesses now. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Like every. Not some. Get that word in. Every. Today. Tomorrow. Every day. This this is the good news. His mercy for us, his mercy for you, his mercy on Tuesday, his mercy on Friday. And that mercy doesn't motivate you to just continue living for you. No, that mercy moves us in the inspired heart that goes, you love me, even in the midst of my sin and my brokenness, inspires you to pursue. I don't want my life to look like me, sin, flesh. I want my life to look like Jesus. That mercy's real, I'll follow. If mercy and grace are real, then wholehearted devotion is possible. Because if that mercy is real, it moves the heart, the loving kindness, the grace, the mercy, moves me over and over again that I can go after Jesus, 100%. I'll give him everything, yet again. And I fall on my face, I get up, go after him again. So I want you to today to, Hebrews 4 says to approach the throne of grace that you might find mercy. That you might find it. And as we go, I want you just to imagine this idea, the everydayness. He has mercy for me today. He has mercy for you in your scenario. And then be real. And you lock eyes with him. Same way that he locked eyes with this lady. right and that's what's crazy is her worst day became her best day face to face with Jesus and the darkest moment becomes the brightest moment and so for you as you go through your darkest moment the mercy of Jesus the kindness of Jesus face to face with Jesus you can leave your, your darkest hour and in retrospect go, I encountered Jesus in the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> I encountered Jesus. I was face to face with Jesus. You talk to people that are in their 80s that have been close to Jesus for 50 years. And oftentimes when they talk about their darkest moment, 
they will with delight say, but actually that was the moment where I grew close. So don't let this circumstance, don't let this dark season, don't let the valley be defined by the pain or the people throwing rocks. Let it be defined by the Savior. Amen? You place your hand on your heart and pray for you. Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. God, we're so prone to wander. We're so prone to leave the one we love. But your mercy is new every day. So we realign our hearts today with Jesus. We realign our hearts with the God who looks at us face to face. He says, neither do I condemn you. We ask that your mercy would become our testimony. We ask that you, Lord Jesus, would be to do a work in our hearts and our lives where what's on our lips is the loving kindness, the undeserved kindness of Jesus. God, we honor you. I pray that in this church, you would do something fresh in our hearts. That the goodness of Jesus, the kindness of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus, that's unfailing, that never stops, would be fresh today that we would run to you. We love you. Just with your heads still bowed, if you're here today and you haven't decided to follow Jesus, maybe you've got a past that feels like it's so rough and so hard, you feel like based upon your own merit, you can't be close to Jesus. Today, I just want you to hear, it's not based on your merit. Your merit will never measure up but his kindness and his mercy will meet you in your darkest, most sinful moment. And he can turn your dark day and he can change your life around. And today, if you wanna decide, I'm gonna follow Jesus. I don't wanna live for me. I just wanna invite you just to repeat this prayer after me. And you know what, let's just do this today. Can we just, let's just, let's just all of us repeat this and say this. Just make this choice. Some of it will be the first time. Half of us, it'll be just renewing it. Renewing it. The other half, your heart's ablaze. But let's just, let's just, would you just out loud to God? Just, just repeat this. Believers, just let's just say this. And if you wanna give your life to Jesus, just do this for the first time. But let's just all say it. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your kindness. I choose to follow you. Save me from sin. I give you my life. I wanna follow you forever. I wanna be with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time, then I would love to just connect with you and help you get connected in a small group where we can help you discover what God's called for your life and what it means to follow Jesus. And We're excited about that. Would you stand? We're going to worship the Lord together. I want to invite you to just fix your eyes on Jesus. As we prepare to give today, you've got just this last moment before you go. I'm so grateful that you're here. I got four kids, getting everybody ready for church. That's a lot of work. It's a, I'm just grateful that you 
put this on your calendar and choose to be with the people of God. But we're only here for a short time and my, my request is in these last few minutes, fix your eyes on Jesus and just in these last few moments, declare how great he is. Let's worship the Lord together. This last song and then we'll dismiss in just a moment, all right? Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.